those that are present and good morning to those that's in the listening audience, our online community, and <clears throat> we just um, say thank the Lord for your, your listening ear. We pray that uh, the word that's brought to you today that will be a blessing to your soul and will give you clarity and an understanding. Amen. We would like to invite your attention to the book of, of St. Matthew is where we're going to we're going to start. We're going to start in the book of St. Matthew, chapter number 16. That's where we're going to begin. Father, we thank you now. We pray, Lord God, that you just allow your spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, that he would minister unto us. And, Father God, we will consume everything that you have given. And we praise you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, we want to talk about the cost of the anointing, the cost or the price of the anointing, the cost, the price of the anointing. Everybody wants to be anointed, right? Hmm. But are you willing to pay the cost for the anointing? We say to the Lord, Lord, anoint me. But we never think about the cost. It costs us in time and it costs us in making sacrifices to hear what the Spirit has to say. It's a means of giving up what we desire and allowing him to do what he wants within us. You know, on Wednesday, on Wednesday, something about the anointing, when the Lord gives you something, when the Lord drops something within your spirit, you have to understand that everybody's not going to be able to receive what the Lord is saying. Amen? And uh, we shared something on Wednesday that, that seemed to have sparked something, and I want to drop it this morning, and then we're going to go to Matthew 16. Uh, we, we talked about uh, some things in Second Kings and Revelations chapter 6 um, on Wednesday. And in Second Kings chapter number 7, we talked about how a fine flower, uh, the cost of it was a shackle, which is less than a penny, less than a penny. It's back dealing in the Romans' uh, time and the Romans' coins. And then we fast forwarded to the book of Revelations chapter number 6. And it also talked about that same measure, because it used the word measure in, in, in the book of Kings, as well as measure in the book of Revelation, chapter number 6. And when it gets over to chapter number 6, that same measure of wheat at that point in the book of Revelations, uh, it meant that uh, it was going to cost a day's wages. Now, the day's wages back in those days is, is like, because uh, it talks about a penny, a uh, denarius, which is a day's wages. That day's wages represents what one would make today in one day. Amen. So when you look at that, when God gives you that, and when you receive that from the Lord, you have to uh, come to the understanding that everybody is not assigned to receive what the Lord is bringing forth. Amen. You got to have an ear to hear. Can I say amen? Got to have an ear to hear. Now I'm going to throw this out there to you. Now, some of us, 
think that going to the movies is wrong. Okay? Now, we went to see Jurassic Park on yesterday or the day before, whatever day it was, Friday, and we found some interesting points. But if you don't have the ear to hear, you will miss what they're telling you. It talked about changing of the DNA. <laughs> it talked about a lot of things that is happening today. It, it talks about a global famine. But if you don't have an ear to hear, you'll miss it. So I suggest to us who don't think that we will become unclean, because some people think we will come unclean, you know, by sitting there and listening. But see, you got to have an ear to hear to know when somebody's, when God is really releasing something. And you got to be able to catch that thing because it will help you. So, so for those, I, I, I throw it out there to the whole world to hear that you need to check that out because there is some valuable revelatory knowledge that's been implanted and planted in that movie. Amen. Now, when it comes down to the cost of knowing, let's go to Revelation. I'm sorry. God's trying to take me to Revelation. <laughs> let's go to Matthew now, chapter number 16. Matthew, chapter number 16. Remember now, we're talking about the cost of the anointing. And we're going to pull characters from the word of God to show you about the anointing, show you about what it cost them to have the anointing. See, the, the anointing abides in us, but sometimes the anointing will rest on a person. In other words, you, know, you have that gift, and it's irrevocable, but when that gift goes, that means anything may happen with the individual. Amen. But when you truly have the anointing of God, it abides on the inside. And it will, it will begin to give you revelation, revelatory knowledge. Matthew chapter number 16. And we're going to begin at verse number 13. We're going to begin at number 13. Verse number 13. Verse 13 says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Disciples are learners in the way. They're learners, okay? He asked those that was following him, who do you, who do men, who, those, who are those that's out there in the, in the, in the public, in the highways, and the byways, you know, who, who do they say that I am? And then verse 14 says, and they respond, they respond, they say, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some Elijah's and others, Jeremiah's, are some of the prophets. And 15 says, he says, now Christ is speaking to them. He says unto them, the learners, but whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that I am? You told me about everybody else. <laughs> but who do you say that I am? See, Paul says in, 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 in one of his texts, in one of his writings, he talks about how the Son of Man had been revealed to him. Everybody, and this may be controversial, 
Everybody don't genuinely know and understand who the Son of Man really is. Talking about Jesus Christ. And the reason why is, is because if we actually truly knew who he was, then we would be in such a place of standing in awe of him or in his presence. We would reverence him more so than what we do. Amen. Now, now it continues now. Uh, when he asked them, he says, now, but whom say that I am? Watch the anointing. Watch the anointing. Verse number 16. 16 and Matthew chapter number 16. It says in verse number 16, it says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It says, Simon Peter answered. Hmm. Simon Peter answered. Hmm. All the disciples were there, but the scripture says that Simon Peter answered. Watch the word. Watch the word. Verse 17 in St. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 says, And Jesus answered and said unto him he speak he is speaking directly to Simon Peter he says and Jesus answered and said unto him blessed art thou Simon Bojona for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee but my father which is in heaven he word that is revealed He didn't get it from flesh and blood. He didn't get it from the natural man. Because, see, in in chapter number 14, in in this same text in, in, in the book of Matthew, it talks about how Peter walks on the water. And then when, when, he, when Jesus uh, uh, bids him to come, because Peter says to him, he says, Now, Lord, if this is you, bid me to come. And the Bible says Peter gets out of the boat and he began to walk on water. Hmm. Now, let me say something to all of us. Anointed men and women don't stay in the boat. <laughs> Did we get that? Anointed Men and women don't stay in the boat. Now, when you look at what the boat symbolizes, that boat symbolizes your journey. A lot of people defect from the faith when hard times come. See, see, your, your, your boat, your, your, your means of, of travel, your, your means of movement, that, that boat, that means this is your journey. You see, when you're on a journey, when it comes down to being anointed, your journey is not like somebody else's journey. Amen. Only anointed people will be able to understand that. See, the natural man cannot understand the things of God. The natural man cannot understand the things of God. So, so when that was released to him, when we're talking about the anointing, there's some things that will happen. Because see, when you have the anointing, the next thing you will understand, you're going to be faced with warfare, 
pain, suffering, trials, and afflictions, and there comes a price with the anointing. There's a price to pay for the anointing. Hmm. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. Now, because of what was revealed to God from heaven, to Peter from heaven, watch what happens. Because, see, he received something that the others did not receive. What he received was he, he knew who Christ was. He began to speak of saying Christ, he was, the, he was the one, that he was the living God. He was the son of the living God. Now, watch what happens when you are anointed. Watch what happens when you are anointed or when the anointing abides in you, lives within you. Let's look at the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 22. St. Luke chapter number 22. St. Luke chapter number 22. See, you, can, you have a fate. You have a fate when you are anointed. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. St. Luke chapter number 22, verse number 31. We won't be before you long. (laughs) Verse number 31 now. Remember now, Peter gets this awesome revelation of who Jesus is. When we look at St. Luke chapter number 22, beginning at verse number 31. Now, before I read number 31... I'm going to ask a question, but don't answer it out loud. Say it to yourself. Do you still want to be anointed? You want the anointing of God to abide in you. Remember now, there's a price to be paid. There's a price. Let's look at Peter's fate when you're anointed. Verse number 31. St. Luke 22. Verse 31 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, what's that next word? Satan hath what? Desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. They want to be anointed. Because, see, when you are anointed, you become the desire of Satan when you're anointed. When you're anointed, you become hmm, the desire of Satan. You become a desire. You become singled out by the adversary. Have you ever wondered why people, some folk, went through more than others? It has to do with the anointing. The Bible says now that Jesus says this to to, to, to Peter. He says now, Satan desires you to sift you as sweet. So what does that mean? What, what was he saying about him? He says now, he want to sift you, Satan, 
to expose your weaknesses. I heard the Spirit say yesterday as as we were there meditating, the Lord said this. He said, this will be a season of sifting. This will be a season of sifting. Exposing your weaknesses. Not your strengths, but your weaknesses. See, the adversary, he has a purpose. He has a purpose. He has has reasons why he does what he does. Now, looking at verse number 32, let's read verse number 32, St. Luke chapter number 22, it says, but what would Jesus say? See, this is why, even though it's going to be a a season of sifting, hmm, you got to remember what the Lord says. Because usually when we go through our season of sifting, we forget about what God says. Now, in verse number 32, it says, Jesus is saying to Peter, he's saying to all of us, because see, Peter's highly anointed. He's getting revelations. He says in verse number 32, he says, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, he says, strengthen thy brother. You see, the adversary is after your faith. He's after your faith. Jesus says now, he's praying that his faith don't fail him. What happens if our faith fails us, our belief in God? What happens when that, when that takes place? When you think about, about, about people that has lots of money, millionaires and billionaires, when, when, when the stock market is crashing the way it is now and the way it has in the past, some of them got up on top of the roof and jumped off and killed themselves because their faith was in the money and not in the God. So we have to make sure during this sifting season that our faith is in God. You got, you, you, got, you got to be there. And then he says now, watch this. He says, he tells him, he said, when you convert it, when you are converted, then he says, strengthen your brethren. So that let me know he wasn't all the way where he's supposed to be. Because Jesus says, when you are converted, when, when, when you make a turn, then he says, now I need you to go back and you strengthen your brethren. And so verse number 33 says, and w- 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 watch this now, because see, you we'll be tested, because remember that's a season of sifting. Verse 33 says, and he said unto him, what, well, this is Peter, this is us, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. You know, we can talk a good game. Until we are tested with a challenge. Amen. 
Anybody been challenged? <laughs> and you failed, really, you failed, you failed a challenge because you, oh, you know, you know how we say, oh, God, I'm with you. I'll be with you. I, I won't ever, I won't do, God, I, I'm, I'm your child. I will forever be with you. And then the test come. The challenge come. And what I love about the text, Jesus already knew what was in it. See, Jesus already knew whether we're going to fail or whether we're going to succeed. <laughs> Jesus let him know right off the bat, you know, even though he was boasting, he told him, said, listen, so Peter, you're going to deny me this night before the cock crow. How many times have we denied God? Someone said, well, I ain't denied him. Really? How, how many times, and, and a wonderful illustration is this. <laughs> on, your, on our jobs, I can use that because a lot of people work, or in different environments, they can talk about what they did last night, what club they went to, what all they did, and we will sit there with our mouths closed. Anybody been in those environments? When they talk about what they did on, on the Saturday or on Sunday, and when they begin to voice about, oh, we, we, we were here and that, that band was jamming, but how many times do we talk about how God blessed us? How we came together in fellowship and we watched, we watched the, the miraculous power of God. How, how many times do we sit among the, uh, ooh, Holy Spirit, among the unsaved? I ain't talking about them folk that's already saved, because that's our problem now. We, the only folk we want to talk to is the saved folk. That's all the people we want to talk to is the saved people. We don't want to talk to those folk unsaved. We don't want to minister to the people that's unsaved, that does not know the Lord. What we want to do is hang around our own. Well, baby, if you're anointing that messed up, and you're afraid of being tainted, something wrong with your anointing. Because the anointing is designed to break yokes, to destroy yokes. So do you really have what you think you got? Well, let me tell you, there's a price. There's a price now. That comes with that anointing. Season of sifting. Satan is going to desire some of you. He's going to desire you. He wants to destroy you. Because you're carrying a word on the inside. You're carrying revelatory knowledge on the inside. You, you, you're carrying that ability to, to, to win folk. See, there's some people that people just love, love to sit at their feet and eat from the table. I'm not talking about a physical table. I'm talking about a spiritual table. And they can get fed. Hmm. Peter denied him. He was out warming himself around the fire. Well, one little girl come up and said, wasn't you one of the ones? Peter said, no, not me, not me. How many of us have denied him, Holly? No, not me. But see, there's a price. There's a cost for the anointing. Now, let's, let's, let's go to the book of Galatians. Let's go to the book of Galatians. 
show you about this anointing. The book of Galatians, the classic cost to it. Warfare, unexplainable warfare. That it sometimes it makes you want to give up. Have you ever been in that kind of fight? <laughs> because of the anointing, sometimes you just want to throw in the towel. That anointing. See, you get unexplainable warfare. It's like one hailstorm after another hailstorm. It's because of the anointing. Galatians. Let's look at Paul. The price of the anointing. Galatians chapter number one. Galatians chapter number one. Are we there? Galatians chapter number one. First thing about the anointing, you can't be worried about pleasing folk. Mm-mm. Can't worry about that. Pleasing people. Can't do that. Mm-mm. Can't do that. Now, verse number 10 in Galatians chapter 1, verse, yeah, verse number 11. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse number 11, chapter number 1, the book of Galatians, it says, this is, now we've moved on to Paul. He says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. He wasn't taught it by theology. Because theology will teach you wrong. He didn't go to the man-made school. I've been there, done it. He got a trophy and a t-shirt. And it ain't worth a die because they have wrong teachings. Now, watch what Paul says now in verse number 12 in Galatians chapter number 1. Verse number 12 says this. He says, for I neither received it of who? Of man. Neither was I what? Taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, when you are anointed, God will release revelatory knowledge unto you far, far advanced in, in your own carnal little minds. But here he acknowledged, he said, man didn't teach me this. He said, I got what I got about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I got it, I got it by the revelations of Jesus Christ. He said, I wasn't taught it by man. We do a lot of man teaching, don't we? We do a lot of repeating what man has said. But you being anointed, being anointed. See, revelations is uncovered mysteries. Uncovered mysteries. There are mysteries we do not know about right now, but God will release it. See, that's why... When you're anointed, you have a selected body of hearers, a selected audience that will hear. He says, he that has an ear, let him hear. See, everybody won't hear what God is saying in this end time. We'll be just like it was in the days of Noah. We'll still be running around crazy. And God began to speak. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. 
I said to one of my friends the other day when I, well, after we came from the movie, and, and we couldn't remain the whole time there because Dr. Manley was in so much pain, we had to leave. But there was a part in that movie that talked about the locusts and how big they were. And I remember at a time back where I had had a dream and we were in this building and, and these blue bugs, they were all coming inside the place where we were. And someone there, I don't recall the, the individual at that point, but what they said to me, we got to close up, we got to plug up all of the holes. And then the next scene was a giant-sized locust standing upward like a man on his feet, and it was right there getting ready to devour harvest. And as I shared that with someone the other day, we talked with one of my the, the partner friends in prayer, and they said, I remember you telling me the dream. Everybody wouldn't have caught that. See, that's why when God releases things to you, you don't need to hold back on what God releases. But you got to make sure that the Lord gives it to you. I ain't talking about standing up and saying, oh, no. Because, see, God, he will confirm what he has given you. Today, the cost of the anointing. I got this message. I mean, I heard the Lord on Thursday because I kept praying. I said, God, you know I don't stand unless you tell me something. You've got to give me something. And as I began to write things down, the next morning, about 7 o'clock, God is good. I watched this I watched this program, Christian program called Joni Table Talk. Every, just about when I'm not awake, when I'm awake, and there was Benny Hinn, and he was talking about the anointing. And I said, well, "Lord, I know I'm on track. I know I'm on track because he confirmed." the things God had given me about the anointing. Because he even talked about the price he had to pay for some wrongdoings that he had done. We told him about somebody the world respects. <laughs> but he became naked. He made a statement. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, okay. He made a statement and I went to the scriptures and talked about that abiding, the anointing abides. But he also talked about how him and him own self, how when the anointing rests on him, how supernatural things happen. But then when we came out of that service, he went and done wrong stuff. The real thing abides. The anointing will set and it will leave. If you don't unnourish what God has placed on the inside, you, you, you got to get that. Revelatory knowledge. Now, dropping down to, to verse number 15, we're still in Galatians chapter number 1. We're still in Galatians chapter number 1. Looking at verse number 15, what's what, what Paul is saying here? Now, he says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, 
that I might preach him among the heathen. Verse number 16. Watch what he says. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. He said, when I got my assignment, I did not need the validation from man. See, a lot of folk look for validations from man. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Paul says now, we're talking about somebody that wrote, what is it, 13 epistles of the Bible, the New Testament? He says now, when he got his assignment, he talks about preaching among the heathens. He says, the next word, it says, immediately, I conferred not with In other words, I didn't go around and ask anybody, did God give me this? <laughs> or did God call me? You know, we got folk that do that. We got folk that will put you up, say you're supposed to be this and when you're not. And then... Those that are truly anointed, they'll run from that call. You know why they run? Because there's a price to be paid. They don't pay the same price other ordinary folk do that does not have the anointing. There's a price to be paid. He says now, he said, listen, look at verse number 17. Verse 17. 17. Galatians chapter 1. 17 says, Paul is saying this. He says, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them, which were who? Apostles. He said, I didn't go get no validation. Because I know God had given me my assignment. Then he says, before me, then he says, uh, he goes up to Arabia, which is a desert place. Then he says, I turn again unto Damascus. Watch number 18. He says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. Now, he goes up to see Peter. Why? You remember Peter? When he began to identify who Christ was, he gets that revelation. You, you cannot tell everybody everything God show or reveal to you. I had a sister to call me the other day, and she said God had given her something, and she was so excited. She couldn't get me, and she hit this other person's number, and said when she told that other person, she said it was just like water being pulled off a camel's back. And then the scripture came to mind. You don't give that which is holy to the dogs. You don't give that which is holy. Well, that person was saved. But they couldn't receive the meat that God had given you. Then the Bible says, don't cast your pearls before swine. You see, some revelation that God gives you is a pearl. And you have a selective audience that will hear it. And if you don't give it to the right person, they will trample what you give them up under their feet. And do not even recognize the fact that it came from the anointing of God. Sister told me, we sent her a DVD every week, and she made the statement to me. She asked me a question. She says, now, do you ever listen to what you preach? 
And I was honest. You know what I told her? You know, I don't like to hear me preach. I don't like to hear myself. That's what I told her. I don't like to hear myself. And you know what the Holy Spirit told me I needed to do? I need to learn how to separate the message from the messenger. And a lot of times we miss the message because we're looking at the messenger. We look at the messenger and not listen to the message. And this is why a lot of us fall by the wayside. Oh, Holy Spirit. During the sifting season. Because you listen, you look for the, the, the messenger and you don't hear the message when it's coming from God. People run around, oh, the economy just, listen, God told us that back in 2021 that the economy was going to collapse. And now we're trying to get the information from CNN. Well, you already got it from God, God, God. He told us. He spoke to us. He told us how to prepare. You know, <laughs> I had a lady the other day sent me a text, and she said, do y'all have any more of them vitamins? She said, my church, needs, we can take about 25 pack of them now. Before we gave that church 50, 50 packs, seven or eight different vitamins in there. Probably cost them what? 80, 100 dollars, whatever them vitamins cost. Vitamins are very expensive. God told us to take that. He had us to stand on Psalms 91 when the COVID situation came about. Told us to take vitamins. Some of us refused to do what God said. And then there are others received it. And waiting on some more. Why? Because sometimes we look at the messenger and not hear the message from God. Oh, Jesus. He says she didn't confer. See, he dealt with Peter. He didn't deal with the rest of them disciples. Why? Because they didn't understand. Show you something about the price. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Show you about this anointing that we scream and holler we won't. Show you the price of the anointing. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. And looking at verse number 23. We're going to start in verse number 23. Watch what happens when you truly operate in the anointing. Verse 23 says, Are they ministers of Christ? Because they was kind of critique, talk junk to Paul. He said, I speak as a fool. Then he says, I am more. And laborers more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death often. And then verse 24 says, Other Jews five times received our 40 stripes, save one. Now, that took them back to Deuteronomy, talking about the law. 
upon the law, they said, if a man be found to be wicked, he be beat with 40 stripes. You can't go, you couldn't go beyond that. But here, Paul was being mistreated as a wicked person. That's why, and talks about it in Deuteronomy chapter number 25, if you want your reference. Deuteronomy chapter number 25, verse number 3. It talks about what the law requires if you were found to be wicked. Now listen, Paul was a man of God. But the Jews had decided they was going to beat him. You know, you, when you anointed, boy, you will get some stripes from man. And, and then he says now, and, and, and verse number 25, he says, Twice was I beaten with the rods. Once was I stoned. Twice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. Verse number 26 says, In journeyings often, in dangers of pearls of waters, in pearls of robbers, meaning dangers, in dangers by my own Countrymen. Hmm. He didn't say his enemies right then. Them folk that surrounds us. He was in danger. See, that anointing <laughs> will cause those people that walk among you to want to kill you. He says, in pearls or in dangers by the heathens. In pearls in the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among false brethren. Dangers. You see, that anointing will also attract false brethren. And then he says in verse number 27, he says, in weariness and painfulness. In watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. The price for the anointing will take you through. It'll take you through some stuff. But watch verse number 28. If you didn't think that was enough. Verse 28 says, besides those things that are without, I mean the outside things, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the who? Of the churches. Out of all I see when you're anointed, you just don't deal with what you, you got, you got all these other people out here and, and then plus you got the care of the church. It ain't like we can go home and prop up our foot and cook our dinner and entertain folk. We still be working when we leave from here. (laughs) But see, it's something about the anointing. There's a price to be paid for the anointing. You got to sacrifice. You got to give up you. But how many of us give up us, our wants, our desires? Huh? Can we be real in the house? And let's go to the last scripture because we're talking about the price you have to pay for the anointing. Looking at chapter number 12. 
in 2 Corinthians. See, now God got to deal with you. And the reason why God deals with you when you're carrying that anointing, you've got to make sure, God got to make sure you're not, you not glory robbers. You know, we can be glory robbers, right? <laughs> you know, when God does something, we want to put our chest us out like we done done it. No, that's a glory robber. Mm-mm. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, looking at verse number 11. Talking about the cost, the price of the anointing. Verse 7 says, And lest I should be exalted above measure. We're talking about Paul now. Through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me, a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul had experience, a phenomenal experience, where he found himself caught up in what he's called paradise. And he received revelations. He said, I can't even alter. I cannot speak it. I can't even say it. And he said, I got to make sure you don't exalt me, you don't lift me up because of the revelatory knowledge that God has given me. That's what he was saying. But then something happens because, see, God has to be careful when he anoints you. Because man has a tendency to exalt himself. So what God does, God says, now, I'm going to put a thorn in your flesh. He didn't say, I'm going to put a thorn in your spirit. He said, I'm going to put a thorn in your flesh. And then he identifies that thorn. He says, the messenger of Satan, that thorn that you got in your flesh, it's a messenger from Satan to buffet you. That's his purpose in order to keep you humble because of the revelatory knowledge that God gives. Paul talks about how that the people received him even though he had a thorn in his flesh. It's in the book of Galatians. He said, they received me. He said, you received me even though I had this thorn in the flesh. And what happened is you received me as a messenger of God. See, in order for us to remain humble, what is it about us? What, what, thank you, Holy Spirit. What are your shortcomings? And if you are knowing it, see, you got some shortcomings. And the reason why you got the shortcomings is so God can keep you humbled. He had to be careful. He didn't exalt himself. And then he says now in verse number nine, he says, because see, he begged God. Have you ever had a situation in your life and you begged God to remove that thing? And he seemed like he just don't want to remove it. It's still there. Can we be real as saints? 
Amen. Because see, truth be known, if you are anointed and you're paying the price, you got that thorn, you got that shortcoming in your life. So it is there for you. Now let me let me clarify something that people would like to run around here and say. God put that thorn in his flesh to keep him from exalting himself, humble. I hear folk running around here because they're living in sin, living all kind of ways, and they say, well, you know, I got a thorn in my flesh. No, you got hell and you got sin in you. That's what that is. Because people will run around, misuse this scripture, call it they got a thorn in their flesh because they want to do what they do. Uh Uh-uh, that's not it. And there's nothing, I should stop using this broken grammar. There's nothing now, that there is nothing here in this text that tells us that sin is your thorn. No, sin is what's going to take you to hell. You cannot misuse the scripture to justify what we want to do. Can we get amen? That thorn was given to keep him humble because of the uncovered mysteries that the Lord had revealed to him. And everybody want to pop him up, want to pop him up. No, God said, I got to deal with you. Because, see, man is notorious of exalting himself. He begged God. One in Paul's, Paul's epistle, he talks about something to do with his eyesight. See, people got all kinds of beings because it, it was never totally identified scripturally what that thorn was. But it was something that he had to have to keep him in the place where God wanted him to be in order for him to be used. Verse number 9. Then Jesus says, he said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. You see, when we got all these situations going on in shortcomings, we don't think about God's grace. He says, my grace is sufficient. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You remember how Satan wants to sift us like we? He wants to reveal our weaknesses. God said, my grace will take care of that if you allow it to. And then he says this, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How many of us want to glory in our infirmities? We don't, want, we don't want to glory in our infirmities. We're not concerned about the power of Christ resting on us. So sometimes we wonder, why I'm going through so much? Why I'm going through so much? That's how that anointing, that power began to operate then you're able to see supernatural things that only God can, God can do. The power of Christ. See, that anointing is nothing but the power of Christ. It's resting God. 
Mm, but there's a price. And look at how he responds in verse number 10, last verse. The way he responds is he says, therefore, Paul, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and in necessities and persecutions in distress for whose sake? For Christ's sake. See, it's not about you. It's for Christ's sake. You've got to be willing to go through all of this. When you're bearing the anointing, if you can understand uh, the anointing that God has placed upon your life, if you can understand and if you can make it through the, the, what you've got to pay, that payment, if you can make it through, who? Look what he said. He said, I take pleasure. How many of us take pleasure in being persecuted? I'm going to tell y'all the truth. No, I don't. I don't take pleasure in being persecuted. <laughs> and to be known, you don't either. But, but then he says, reproaches. Uh-uh. But if I could just get the, if, if I know within my own self, if you know within your own self that all you got to go through, that it's going to cause the power of, of Christ, the power of God to be that much stronger on your life. Can you imagine? We would, oh, Holy Spirit. I can step on that. We could put Spalmer Regional out of business. You know why? Because we'll walk down the hallways of them folk that sit. Because the Bible tells us to lay hands on those that are sick. He said, pray the prayer of faith. Anoint them with all. And then he said, if they got any sins, he said, they should be forgiven them. Boy, we'll put them out of business. When the power. <laughs> Christ rest on us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Is the price worth it to pay? Yes. Some of y'all said, I don't know. I see some expressions on some faces. They said, I don't know. But to see the supernatural power of God in operation in our lifetime is worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And then he acknowledges that when I'm weak, he says, then I'm, I'm strong. I'm strong. And our weakest point, when we are being sifted this season like wheat, and Satan wants to reveal our weakness, you have to remember that's when I'm strong. You know why? Because then I have to depend on Christ and not on myself. But there is a cost for the anointing. There's a cost. Now, I won't, once again, <laughs> I will not ask that you voice it aloud. But what I will ask is think it in your mind 
Are you willing to pay the price for the anointing? Are you willing? There's a cost. There's a cost. Are you willing to pay the price? Thank you for pondering in your mind. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord. There's a price for the anointing. You can't give it all to somebody that's not going to understand it. Can't do it. We have a select group of audience that don't understand the revelatory knowledge that you give. But you got to be willing to give it. Got to be willing. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen, 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 amen.